0: This is the Tribune Audio Network.
1: This episode of Eat It Virginia is brought to you by your locally owned and operated McDonald's restaurants. National First Responders Day is October 28th. Show your first responder ID for a free sandwich.
0: Diem, Deco, Antler and Fin, bark. Mm-hmm.
2: And then Graffiato.
0: Right. Can we talk about Graffiato? Sure. Welcome to Episode 3 of Eat It Virginia. It is the second week of March, and we have Christelle Poole, who currently, well, you'll learn. She once was at Graffiato. Now she is. Who knows? We also talk about French fries. We discuss the James Beard Award. Just lock and load, dear listeners. Episode 3, Edith Virginia.
1: Hello and welcome to this episode of Eat It, Virginia. I'm Scott Wise, along with my good friend Roby Martin. Roby.
0: Oh, Scott. How are you? I'm good. I'm good.
1: It is a good day. It is a good day. Some uh, some interesting, a lot of interesting news this week in the world of uh, RVA dining.
0: What have you found the most interesting?
1: Well. The most interesting thing, I believe, is that drink I saw you uh, consuming on your Instagram page. Communal
0: cocktails. Wow. I'm not communal. I'm not supposed to call it communal because apparently you don't want strangers drinking it with you. Large format drink.
1: So this is something that we discussed with Chef Johnny on our last episode. We did. And apparently you took him up on his uh, offer to come try uh, what he's what he's making. So
0: I think that we're actually seeing a wave of large format comp- cocktails come into Richmond. So, you know, you have brunch that's doing them. You have their... This whole new bar program at Tiny Victory, where Chef Johnny is now. So this cocktail, uh, it's punch bowl size, like actual like have people over, punch bowls. And what was in it? Uh, Aperol, crushed ice, two Miller <laughs> High Life Ponies. So think a Margarona, which you know, is like a little baby Coronitas, right? Except uh, upscale. He called it if you were to flip it over a NASCAR spritz.
1: And you had it with like eight of your closest friends? No. You had it with five of your closest friends. No A group of four of you out. out?
0: It was uh, two of us, and that my sister drank the most of it. How about that? She actually drank all of it. So I watched her. Um, I pretty much held the floating shark.
1: All right. So in the overall, your grade for uh, Chef Johnny's not communal drink.
0: Well, I mean, when we started, it was delicious. When we ended, I don't remember. All right. But deal, oh, I need to go further than this because if you're going to drink there, which you should drink there. That's some of the best food I've had in a while.
1: And what did you order?
0: We had, and I'm going to butcher the names of it because I am not Filipino and it's a Filipino-inspired restaurant. We had some dumplings, which are not like what you would think of as an Asian dumpling. They're, it, they're like more like Noki, which you know is like a pocket of dough or a chicken and dumpling, if that's fair. So nothing like interiorly in them. Like they're not wrapped around stuff. And then we had sisig, which is S-I-S-I-G.
1: And what is that?
0: Uh, Great question. It is like shredded pork. There's an egg on top of it that's poached. I had some of the best garlic fried rice. Let's just talk about the fact that we Ubered there and Ubered home with to-go boxes.
1: Nice. Were you drinking this big drink while eating this food, or is it a a separate experience? Oh,
0: no. They went hand in
1: hand. Nice. Nice. So some not-so-nice news in the world of RVA Dine. We learned a couple of restaurants uh, have closed their doors Uh, The first being Urban Farmhouse out in Rockets Landing. Sadness. This Uh, is
0: my sad face.
1: It looks like your normal face right now. Um, (laughs) Uh, This news has not come as a surprise to you, necessarily?
0: Apparently not a surprise to most anyone. And I don't love to talk, actually, uh, maybe if you know me, this is maybe not a great statement, but I don't love to talk super poorly about restaurants, but I have never, and I'm in the entirety of UF being open, heard great things.
1: Right. So they have a several locations around town. Scott's mm-hmm. Edition, Shaco Slip, Midlothian. There was one near VCU. There was. Which also shut down. So I
0: think there have been in total, they've opened either six or seven, and they closed them and then reopened okay. other places. And that's the
1: article that I read in BizSense. Uh, they said that uh, the, the, the woman who owns Urban Farmhouse said that she was planning on possibly opening closer to the West End. Of I the guess city. Where,
0: where business is going to be, but I think she should probably look at her business model first. I got over 75 responses to my Instagram question about whether or not someone has had a good experience there,
1: and no one.
0: Not true, not true. I got one good experience. Um, they love the large format tables to study.
1: Also closing their doors uh, recently is Authenticos, which was in us. A- Italian restaurant in the far West End.
0: So you said you've recently been.
1: I took I took my kids. Uh, I believe it was over winter break, so it's been a few weeks. Um, the Food was okay. The uh, there wasn't many people there that night, which probably is why they're no longer open. I suppose. Yeah,
0: I wonder. Like, I really like. Do you think that we just have a wealth of better Italian restaurants now?
1: You know who, who knows what's happening behind closed doors with you're these right, businesses. Right. And it could be a million a million things. Doesn't no, there are enough families who live out there to I would imagine support many restaurants, but that space, like I said, has been three different, at least three different restaurants in in a decade, so.
0: Let's hope it was just he needed to retire, or she
1: needed to retire. Let's get to some good news.
0: I want it, I want it.
1: James Beard Award winning semi-finalists in town.
0: Five this time, five, which is a large number for Richmond.
1: Run down the list for us. All right,
0: so we have the Dogus from Sabrosa, the bakery in Churchill. We have Sunny from Malaysia, which is the Indian restaurant in the West End. We have Mama J's, which is in Jackson Ward, the Southern food restaurant. And then our last one, but certainly not least, we have Anhui from Mekong and The Answer.
1: Right. I mean, what? Super exciting.
0: Are you kidding? I'm thrilled. So, like, super, super thrilled. So, they, this is, like, the first award situation, and then they will announce again, like, they like, I don't know, reduce the field. What is that called?
1: Um, Narrow the field. Narrow the yeah. field.
0: Reduce some. Sound- narrow sounds better. Thanks, Scott. They'll narrow the field a little bit further on March the 27th, which then we'll learn whether or not those five individuals have made it to, I guess what you would call the second step.
1: And we imagine that most folks listening to this podcast know what the James Beard Award is. Essentially
0: but, think of it as the Oscars of the field. Yeah,
1: it's, it's the award that, that folks want to win.
0: One. Well, yeah, I mean, there's lots of food awards, but this one's definitely a good one. And it is to be noted that we, on has been nominated previously, and the dope and, and Evan have been nominated previously. However, both Mama J's and Sunny, this is their first award. Mm-hmm. And Mama J's is an award for service.
1: So I was, I was going to ask you that, because we've had Mama J on Channel 6 News, and she's brought food here right. to the station. We've all enjoyed it. I've never been to her actual restaurant. What is that experience like? Must be amazing.
0: Are you, well, okay. I actually was talking to a good friend of ours, Kelly Lemon, because she used to be the general manager at Mama J's, and she asked me what my thoughts were, and I said, I've had, and I think this one of the servers' name is Selena, I have had incredible service there. Also incredible catfish. Do you eat fried catfish?
1: I would for Mama J.
0: You totally should, yeah. Yes.
1: This, uh, the natural segue here from Mama J's is to Black Restaurant Experience, which Richmond is Richmond
0: Black Restaurant Experience,
1: which is when, when you're listening to this podcast, it will have just ended. Sure. So we want to hear from folks who experienced the Black Restaurant Experience and let us know what you thought about the restaurants, the caterers, the food trucks,
0: all of the things that go on, the fine finale that happens, happened yesterday. So
1: I believe this is the third year. So that's, that's very exciting for for those Over folks. 30 restaurants. It's amazing. Um, And back to awards.
0: Yes. Governor's Cup. Wine. Wow.
1: So I saw from your Instagram that you attended some uh, wine festivities recently.
0: I did. Tell me about it. I went to the Governor's Cup itself. We actually even talked to one of the judges. I, put, I you guys read anything that Scott and I write over at WTVR.com. We talked to one of the judges of the Governor Cup, Bartholomew Broadbent. They spend a couple of days judging over 600 wine entries. And is that a job? I feel like that that's a job. job like, that I, I want. I know. Like 600? And does he spit or does he just increasingly get, how do you keep your palate intact? So they're in that room talking to each other for a couple of days, I would imagine. 601 in one day is too much. They narrowed the field down to 60-some, and then those 60-some get narrowed even further. I like the word narrow right now. Thank you for that. To 12. And a white wine, one.
1: So what is that like experiencing the Wine Expo, like actually being there? Do you get to taste everything as a, so as a paying the customer? Governor
0: Cup, the Governor's Cup essentially kicks off the Virginia Wine Expo. So at the Governor's Cup, you can taste the wine. You don't know which one has been awarded while you're tasting the wine. You just know that these all are the ones that have gotten gold medals, so the 60 gold medalists. And then the 12 that go to the case, you don't know what which ones those are either. You do get to taste the wine.
1: Do you have a particular favorite?
0: So I really... this is gonna sound i mean i I realize they're large but i really dig a barbersville vineyard wine i just think that they have super super complex wine but i also i tried a wine by michael schapps who makes like
1: all the wine in virginia essentially
0: yeah that guy is a genius um i tried i tried a petite verdot from him that i thought was just i mean just brilliant
1: I saw the list of, the, I guess it was the gold medal finalists, perhaps, Mm -hmm. and he had probably more than a dozen of his wines on there. I think he has
0: four of the 12. Have you
1: been to his winery?
0: I've been to Wineworks, um, which is like where he contracts, like, so yes, but I haven't been to any of, well, no, I think he does Pippin Hill, and he does the barn at Something Stables, and so, I mean, I guess I've been to his wineries, but I say that loosely because he makes wine for Upper Shirley.
1: We should have him on the podcast.
0: Michael Schapps come in here and teach us how to make wine. If you're listening,
1: Michael Schapps, we We need you. We want you. We'd
0: like to actually know how you're making all this award-winning wine because you clearly are brilliant.
1: One of the most successful things we do on social media these days is when we ask folks who follow us what their favorite beer is, what their favorite pizza is, what their favorite whatever is. People like to share their favorites.
0: Everybody eats so they have opinions.
1: One of the things that people feel very strongly about are French fries.
0: Yes, well, you saw the rankings come out, so that's a big deal. People think that they can, I mean, fast food is, well, universal, I think. People eat at fast food places because it's fast and inexpensive. So people have opinions on french fries because that's usually the type of food.
1: I send about three company-wide emails a day to, to, to everyone on the distro. Mm-hmm. And generally, I, there's it's crickets. It's 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 nothing. No one responds to any of them. Uh, Last week, I sent an email about who serves the best fries in Richmond, and I think everyone in the station and their mother emailed me back. So I'm going to go through several emails that I received so I can just kind of share the love, who's making the best fries in town, and then we can kind of get your opinion. as the. So
0: I just want to get this correct
1: first. You send
0: three emails of ever. No. (laughs) The French fries are the big one, and we feel like that WTVR CBS6 employees know what they're
1: talking about. Well, we'll find out. See, <laughs> I'm going to tell you what they think, and then you can get, you know, you're can you the expert in the room. I'm
0: not the expert on French fries, but okay. I can tell you right now I eat a lot
1: of them. Danica loves Capital L House and the Hill Cafe. Alex loves Burger Batch, hands down. Rob Cardwell is a Five Guys guy.
0: Well, I mean, yeah.
1: Cheryl Miller, Mr. Submarine on Broad Street. She says the portions are generous, and they're always served hot. I feel
0: like Cheryl could get down with the fry.
1: John Briquette, the crime insider. McDonald's, 90% of the time, hits the spot. He Are says. they criminal? Huh? I
0: okay.
1: Brendan King, who you watch on uh, CBS 6 News at 11. New York Deli's beer batter fries. Have you had them before?
0: No, but you know, I don't like a coated fry. But you alright, 11 o'clock. We'll, we'll check those
1: out. Lisa, who works upstairs in sales, says Terrence Cafe's fries for the win.
0: For the win. That's what she said. Wow.
1: Um, Laura Ashley, also upstairs. The now-closed Balasso, said, she, said, she said that it had amazing french fries.
0: Oh, so you know what? Where did that chef go? Give me a minute, and I'll tell you.
1: Also, she mentions Max's on Broad, Honey Whites, and Bovine Burger. Oh. And um, James Taguchi, James, James. Who, who also works upstairs, he is very passionate about french fries.
0: Oh, really? And his, Oh, really? Maybe we should talk to James.
1: His, his number one... French fry in Richmond is Penn Station subs. No. On Broad Street? No. James, come in here.
0: No. I don't think we need to ask him. think this is James. Oh, James. I had a fun time with your French fry. Why? Because
1: Penn Station? Penn Station, best, uh, best fries. I've eaten fries all over the city.
0: False! <laughs> that's better. All of the fries in the city. Uh, that's not good. Yes, they are the saddest French fries ever. Oh. I feel like that you are living a French, a good French fry <laughs> life, L- like a terrible French fry life. You need, I I like you need to have a good one. We have a are debate. having a debate. <laughs> Up next, we listen to Booth talk about Chilean wines, and of course, God asks we can get them in Virginia. We listen to Christelle previously of Perch, and we learn where the mother spoon goes.
1: So, Robby. Yes, Scott. It's not, it's, not. <laughs> <Go ahead. laughs> it's not polite to talk about ages, but we're going to talk about ages right now. Okay. Because the country is celebrating a very important birthday.
0: It's the 40th anniversary of the first Happy Meal.
1: Do you remember your first time
0: well, it, I eating feel, a Happy Meal? I got to say this. The Happy Meal is as, as old as I am.
1: I know. You both age so gracefully.
0: Oh, that's so good. The chicken nuggets still do look good, don't they?
1: Always. So tell us what uh, McDonald's is doing to celebrate the 40th anniversary of the Happy Meal.
0: The same thing I got when I turned 40, a surprise party. They're Ooh. doing a surprise Happy Meal. So what does that entail? Do t- toys. What
1: kind of toys?
0: Surprise. Right. They're toys from the
1: last 40 years. Ooh, do you remember what the toys were when we were kids?
0: I don't know, but I'm crossing my
1: fingers for a Muppet baby. Was, it, was there an E.T. toy? Or a Star Wars? That's the one I liked when I was a E.T. kid. E.T.
0: phone home toy?
1: That's the one. Oh,
0: Star Wars. Who do
1: you like? In Star Wars? Yes. Han Solo. Duh. Why right. are you even asking that question?
0: So you want a Han Solo toy? Absolutely. So you know when you can get one? Tell me. If... If that's the surprise, and I'm not going to spoil the surprise, on November the 7th is when they're going to start the 40th anniversary with all of the surprise toys from the last 40 years. Well, welcome back, Boost. I love when you come because you bring wine. That's right. Tell me what you got.
3: So, um, a lot of people would pair a really heavy wine with heavy meat, but I went the opposite direction. I did a really uh, light red um, from Chile. It's called, uh, well, the style of wine is called pepeño. And they make it kind of like Beaujolais, if you've ever heard of Beaujolais from France. It's kind of like that.
0: Super light, super bright?
3: Very light, yep, and bright. Yeah, you got it. And we serve it chilled.
0: Oh, wow. So, like, it's, like, super light and bright.
3: Exactly. Do you feel like
0: when things get warmer, they get heavier flavored? Or is that, like, a not a logical thing?
3: In terms of wine growing areas? Yep. Yeah, often, yeah. If you, if you have a warm climate, you tend to plant grapes that that need that warm climate, and those are generally heavier-bodied grapes like Syrah and Cabernet, things like that.
0: So we can assume that where this is planted is a cooler climate?
3: It's cooler, yeah, and it's it's in uh, sort of southern Chile, so we're up in the Andes, and it's high-altitude, cold climate, yeah.
0: Very cool. So what should I expect flavor-wise?
3: So, like we were saying, light, fruity, refreshing little bit smoky. This is a grape called Pais. That's a really ancient grape variety that the Spaniards brought over to South America hundreds of years ago. Uh, So there's lots of really old vines planted down there, uh, hundreds of years old. It's pretty cool. You can have wines that are 20 bucks and they're from 300 year old vines. It's really cool. Uh, This is 120 year old vines and uh, yeah so deep Deep flavors, but light body.
0: 120-year-old yeah. vines. What were
3: so you doing 120 years ago? A year
1: ago? over 115
0: to me. <laughs> no, no, I, I, I agree. It's, it tastes pretty young to me. <laughs> so at 120-year-old vines, this is a more expensive wine than one would assume?
3: You would think, wouldn't you? But no, it's only $13.
0: See, and I can get this at Barrel Thief? Sure can. Wow. $13. You got a question. I, a I want question. you to.
1: And this is kind of impromptu, so apologies. Yeah. But so... Is there a Virginia wine that would be in this ballpark that you could think of as something like if you were if you could only serve a Virginia wine at a meaty dinner, I got you. what would you
3: serve? Um No one's really doing anything like this yet. Uh let's see. They there is a wine at Early Mountain. I actually forget the name, but they're making it kind of like this. They're doing uh carbonic fermentation, which means
0: long story short Learning from <laughs> yeah. booth I love it yeah. give it to me
3: long story short that kind of just creates a lighter bodied kind of fruity wine and uh
0: carbonic if you guys yeah. want to look that up spell it for me booth
3: yeah c a r b o n i c all it means is whole clusters go into the fermentation tank so they're not taking the grapes off the stems they're putting everything in
0: everybody in the pool
3: exactly so it creates uh more kind of air flowing through the fermentation, uh, but it also keeps the grapes intact. Very cool. Yeah.
0: Very cool. So you don't
3: get tannin quite as much.
0: I am going to go ahead and take a sip of this, um, if that's cool with you. And what is it that you say in Chile to cheers? Alpa. Alpa. Well, thanks so much, Booth, for joining us.
3: Cheers.
1: If you have been out to eat in Richmond in, I don't know, the last decade or so, you probably know Christelle Poole. The well-traveled restaurant veteran most recently helped open in Scott's edition.
0: So you are going to sit in that area. Yep, just okay. pull that mic close to you so people can hear that pretty this. voice of yours. Oh, you. Yep, that meet my coat guy, that's Scott.
1: <laughs>
0: um, man, of man of, yeah. Yeah. Coat guy, Emmy award-winning producer, you pick one. <laughs> Both the same, Scott-wise. All right, Christelle, hi. Hello. How, how did you find parking? I did. Okay, good. Did. Are they filming in the street? They are filming in your parking
2: lot. Forever the obstacle here at CVS 6.
1: (laughs) Forever. You could have walked here though,
2: right? No? I probably could have. How did you get here? How did I get here? Well, that's always a fun uh, story ish. So, my mom was a film producer and my dad was a professional musician out in LA. And then they decided that they did not want me to grow up in the entertainment business and in LA. So, they moved us out here to Virginia, to the middle of nowhere. So I grew up mostly in uh, Stafford before there was anything there, and then on the Northern Neck where there still is nothing. So,
0: <laughs> so lots of food experience in both of those places.
2: <laughs> we would, you know, we would go back a lot, and um, I got to, you know, try lots of fun things that my family remembered from their ch- childhood, but. There was a lot, actually, food-wise on the Northern Neck, so amazing oysters, we have that. You know, the best tomatoes I've ever had were sold at Sisson's Produce Stand down the street from where I went to high school, so there's definitely good produce, uh, lots of fresh seafood.
0: All oh, awesome things, and now, yeah. I, at one point in time, so Christelle and I have been friends just at full disclosure for <laughs> some time, so I'm a little familiar with her eating habits. Are you still a pescatarian? no. Ah, yay! Yeah, <laughs> I say that with zero conviction. I want right, everybody right, right, to pick right, sure. a diet that they like. However, oh, okay. I'm,
2: I'm more fun to eat with now. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I thought you were fun to eat with before. But what was part of that choice? Also, of... you should have known that. Sorry, Uh-oh. because oh, called out here. We... Wow, we've eaten lamb testicles together.
0: He is not kidding. <laughs>
2: And they're delicious. They're so good.
0: So good. So good. <laughs> um, um, yeah, so. <laughs> so so she's, so I'll go down this road briefly because I really want to get back to your history. Is Christelle and I spend, no joke, four days in a tent together. Yeah. T- together, physically in the same tent um, on a lamb field. Once a year. Is
1: this the lamb stock that I see so much about? It is that. Yeah, I've seen it on social media, but you never invited me to eat lamb testicles with you.
0: Uh, I did, would you like
1: to? I mean, maybe, <laughs> but I, want, I at least want the option.
0: All right. Well, we will give you the option this year. Okay. We, and you will we'll see make it Christelle yeah. because she is my compadre in the old things lamb stock. Okay. I tell you what, she knows how to pitch a tent better than anybody I know.
1: Excellent. <laughs> it's a good I mean, skill. It, it is a marketable skill. Pitching tents, pitch. lamb testicles. Uh, yep, there
0: you go. This, uh, and this interview this is over. Is
1: you know, you and know there we go. Yeah.
0: And you know what, guys? Thanks for lifting
1: you've, you've learned all you
0: need. Ooh. All you need to know. All right. <laughs>
2: anyway, Northern Neck, you were there. Now you're in Richmond. Let's go. I
1: had have good ginger ale.
2: They have great... And yes, th- that was my town. <laughs> yeah. That was my town where, where they made
1: that. So you said your parents moved you to Virginia in the middle of nowhere, but you didn't really say how they came to choose... Virginia in the middle of nowhere.
2: No, I did not. My mom had some history in the Quantico Stafford area. She was a military brat growing up.
0: They were like, just whole nother coast. Here we are, yeah. Christelle. And then Christelle, you got to Richmond how?
2: I got to Richmond after I graduated from UVA. I
0: Yeah, so that's another problem I have with Christelle, but we'll take yeah. that off air.
2: Wahoo wah Um, <laughs> oh, hokies. <laughs> um Yeah, so went to UVA and then actually went back to Fredericksburg for a little bit and I moved here for a boy. Um, Clearly that did not work out. Clearly,
0: I can't tell. (laughs) Uh, I mean, now (laughs) I can't.
2: It It got me to Richmond and I've been here ever since. So that was what, 12, 13 years ago?
0: So 13 years ago, did you start in food immediately when you got here?
2: The first job I had in Richmond was as a server at Brio Tuscan Grill.
0: People give that place a bad rap, but I gotta tell you, they have really great martinis on Wednesdays where they're five dollars. <laughs> nice. I'm not joking, totally. So I'm not Brio, not joking. yes, <laughs> I very seriously, uh, five dollar <laughs> martinis. Yes, I do. <laughs> great goose martinis, guys. Go to Brio or, or yeah. to Perch. Go to Perch. They do not have five dollar <laughs> martinis. They do, however, have a good
1: burger. You said I did. I had a happy hour burger the other day. And it nice. Was, mwah.
0: So there you go. So happy hour at Perch. So first server job, Brio. Then you had a blog.
2: I did. I had a food blog. Um, did you serve and food blog? Yeah, yeah. There's and I, I, did either server or bartender as a side job. No matter what I was doing, pretty much the whole time.
1: Yeah. Were you, and then were, were you one of those bloggers who would spill the beans about customers and behind the scenes stuff? Is that was that the, you know, no, the gist of your blog?
2: It, mine was mine was my recipes. So mostly cooking some and some drinks and some, and some cocktails. Yep. Not $5 martinis,
0: which is very upsetting. But (laughs) anyway, so Stirring It Up was the name of the blog, correct? Stirring
2: Things Up. Stirring Things Up, okay. Mm -hmm. Then you went on to Hamilton Beach. To Hamilton Beach, yep. And that is where um, the side hustle blogging, if you want to call it that, uh, became real. And I was able to start their food blog, which is called Everyday Good Thinking. And they do a great job over there still with that. And that was a lot of fun. We did that, uh, soup to nuts, start to finish. Um, I did the writing. I worked in the test kitchen with Pam and, uh, and Lori, and they are great. And we did everything from the prop styling, the food styling, the photography, everything in-house. And so that was a really fun experience. Lots of learning there for sure. There's a lot
0: of learning going on in that test kitchen anyway over at Hamilton yeah. Beach. It's a little crazy over there. If you've never been in that test kitchen, it's it's a neat little spot. I am buying for a meat grinder right now from Hamilton <laughs> Beach with zero meat to, to grind. A sponsor Hamilton Beach. Hello, Hamilton Beach. <laughs> Rebe would like an air fryer, a meat grinder, and a sponsorship for this podcast? Yeah, this podcast is. or just for Scott? <laughs> um, Hamilton Beach is a
1: national like appliance company, like a international kitchen international yep, exactly. And it's based in like in yeah, yeah they're here. Yep. Yeah,
2: okay. So there you go,
0: Pam and whatever Lori. <laughs> Lori. There we are. Yes, that's
1: not the best thing to say.
0: <laughs> I can say it. I just said it. Oh, All God. right. From pictures, styling, recipes, ad, etc. Um, you went
2: to where. I started doing some, well, this was kind of during, a lot of this was during, um, back in 2008, maybe, was my first bar gig over at Cafe Diem.
0: Oh my gosh, I totally (laughs) forgot about that. Holy moly, that's right, you were bartending at Cafe Diem. I was. We were
2: busy listening to Southern, no. Uh, DJ Williams was the resident Tuesday
0: night. Band. This is true. And What's we up, did DJ and we did drink too much. And uh, now this is a theme. <laughs> yeah, it is. I believe it. And Martinis and now at holy moly cafe diem, which is currently Banditos. Buddies. Buddies. Yep. Buddies. Right. Banditos yep. is nearby, somewhere yep. in that area. What what happens when you drink too much? You get your bars mixed up.
2: <laughs> yeah, so that was my first bar, and then I also Deco was in that area and I did a lot of work with them. I did events, wine dinners, and some consulting, front of house training. That sort of thing.
0: Now, was Deco before the restaurant on at Belvedere and Broad or after the restaurant Finn and before. Okay. Antler and Finn. So Diem, Deco, Antler and Finn, Shag Bark.
2: Mm-hmm. And then Graffiato. Right. Can we talk about Graffiato? Sure.
0: (laughs) She just gave me the same face she gave me before, right? Because she said lamb testicles.
1: Things (laughs) got real.
0: They just did. They kind of feel like something like scratched. (laughs) so as we are relatively aware based on multiple national articles the owner of graffiato has not had great luck
2: not 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 so much no
0: and that whole situation went down while you were still employed
2: it started to yeah um that i think the first news article came out in march or something like that last year how much
0: I mean, I don't know how much you can say and how much you can't say. There was like that. Obviously, one of the news articles said that uh, everybody had to sign NDAs, correct?
2: Yeah. I mean, that's not entirely uncommon either. It's just some of the stuff that they included in that NDA was different than what is normal. Um, But I can say that I didn't have a lot of interaction with him. They didn't really we were the only restaurant in Richmond in that restaurant group. So we operated pretty independently of everybody up in Northern Virginia and D.C. and Maryland. Um, And, you know, as long as we were doing well and making money, then we didn't really have to do, you know, interact with them too much. But, um, yeah, when that came out in March, I was really worried about our sales and our numbers, and it didn't seem to affect anything. I was really surprised by that, too but i mean from a business perspective you know running and managing a, a restaurant that's a great thing for me
0: right sure but um, personally it's a good thing for you and especially if your numbers aren't going down right
2: right um and you know we had you know female leadership uh both in the front of house and back of house and we had a you know once we made some staffing changes had um had a really good positive work environment that was supportive of everyone,
0: and so do you feel like those staffing changes, if I could put air quotes in those and you could see us, you <laughs> feel like that that was helpful to the environment there? Absolutely, perfect. And then do you know that you were going to move to this new spot at some point while you were still at Grafiato?
2: Can I ask that? Yeah, I did. okay.
0: So did you just stay the course till?
2: Um, I stayed as long as as long as I could. um but things with perch were getting busier and busier. And there were a lot of meetings that I needed to be a part of. And so I ended up leaving in May. Um, I think it was about a month before they closed. I think. Oh, I forgot. That's right. You did leave before the whole thing yep. kind of crumbled. Before like Richmond a... closed, yeah. And I will say, too, a lot of the trouble behind that was the HVAC system in the
1: building. I remember uh, there being a fire on the roof. There, there were... There
2: was a fire while I was a manager there. Uh, That was fun being woken up at 4 a.m. for that. Um, There was another, a bigger fire prior to that before I was there. Um, It's old buildings, you know.
0: Actually, one time we were there eating and there was a leak in the kitchen.
2: Yeah, that happened a few times. And they were like, sorry, (laughs) you can't stay. But that's the thing with, with restaurants and whether they're new, like brand new, or whether they're old. I've had ceiling or water come out of the ceiling at at least three of my restaurants. So,
1: so what do you think you learned from that specific experience at Graffiata? Like, you you came out of that a what? Um,
2: oh man, that's a good question. I think I came out of that knowing. Well, I learned a lot there in general, just about running the business, tracking the numbers, analytics, that sort of thing, and. Um, and personally, you know, I learned that you need to stand up for what you believe in and you can't let people push, push you down in that way. You know, um, I had to do that for not just here, I mean, this is a, on, this is a thing that happens all over the place, but you know, you need to stick up for yourself in those cases, but you need to stick up for the people that trust you as well. So your staff and your your colleagues
0: do you feel like because you were in that experience that you have like you're more laser focused on whether or not that's happening in your restaurant totally
2: totally definitely more aware um and also quicker to speak up about it too and when people you know if anyone ever comes back at me with it it's like well here's what can
1: happen (laughs)
0: let me show you (laughs) multiple
2: national articles
1: so i do want to ask which one more follow-up on that um so you said you started in the restaurant industry like in the late 2000s, right? Is that when it was?
2: Uh, mid, yeah. Mid-2000s.
1: So here we are in 2019. Well, technically
2: earlier than that. I guess it was 2002 because I okay. worked in the same restaurant all through college too. So
1: 15-year-plus career so yep. far. Um, and we've seen all the headlines come out around the country about the famous chefs and the not-so-famous chefs and what's happening behind the kitchens and even – I mean, in all walks of life, but we're talking about restaurants right now. Sure. Um, how – have things markedly changed for the better – are they kind of the same as it's always been? Are they worse than it's been? Like, where would you? Mm. I realize you're just one person, but you're in a leadership position right now in yeah. a restaurant. So you see, you see a lot.
0: You also hang out with other restaurant people, yeah. So, like, you, he's, he's, you probably have a far better knowledge than someone like us because you sit within it, not only work but
2: as friends. Right. I think that has it improved. Yes. Uh, But I do say that with some hesitation, because I think that while we are digging things up, talking about it, making it more open, there's still so much work to do. You know, there's more subtlety to discrimination and to sexism that I've that I see all the time. Um, And, you know, you just have to be really careful with making accusations as well with with the whole thing uh it's very it's very nuanced and I think before it was also nuanced but we weren't talking about it and now we just need to figure out how to talk about it how to make that impact how to make a difference how to coach other people who have been doing this for a long time to treat people differently you know it's a challenge
0: I like it so speak up, or come to
2: Christelle. She'll listen, right?
0: <laughs> I will. All right, so we're going to move to a little bit lighter stuff. So I have questions for her. OK. The
1: same Which, questions?
0: No, I'm going to have questions. that they, right, I do a little thing called, hey, Scott, and ask him things that I don't think he knows. So <laughs> oh, no, is very hard. Yeah, and, then I, and I'm going to ask you the same questions. So when we air this, you get to see your answers side by side. All right, I'm leaving the room. See you later. Going
1: <laughs> to the south.
0: Soundproof Soundproof hallway. (laughs) (laughs) I like it. All right, wave it, Scott. Bye bye. 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 All right, Christelle, are you ready? Yes, let's go. Here we go. So,
2: tell me the ingredients of a martini. Oh, which kind of martini? Are we going classic? Yeah. Or like, okay, sorry. I, have, I want I too you, much answer on I know, this I like, one. I'm okay
0: with it. Actually, <laughs> I want I want your favorite martini and a classic martini.
2: All right. So most people these days know the martini as gin or vodka, which I wouldn't count vodka, but anyway, gin uh, martini. So do two parts of that, one part of dry vermouth, and I prefer mine with a twist. Okay. That said, oh, also Roku gin, killing it in a dry martini right now. So there you go. We but, even have a type of gin. Nice. <laughs> but the original martini was actually made with sweet ingredients. So um, I really love an old Tom gin and sweet vermouth martini. And if you want to add some Luxardo maraschino and a little orange, then you'd have the Martinez. The Martinez. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's what we'll ask, Scott. What is a Martinez? <laughs> there it is. Name
0: well actually just tell me what a mother sauce is. Oh man, well there's five. Yep. Um
2: they are the sauces that all other sauces come from. That's the easiest way to say that. But you're exactly right. <laughs> Name two of those mother sauces. Uh let's see. Um let's see, is Bernays one of them? It is a one.
0: It's like a, it's a, like a base right off of the them. side. Yeah. It's one it's essentially a mother sauce based off a different sauce.
2: But yeah, you're yep. correct. Yep. Um How about and- a,
0: Bechamel? Oh
2: well, yeah, bechamel. Uh, and then your classic red sauce. There you go,
0: yeah. so you got two. And then lastly, but not leastly, Scott, you can come back now. <laughs> yes, you can hear me. Um, so we are asking what your pet peeves are in a restaurant. So let's say I am a patron and I am random consumer. Uh-huh. What do I do as someone in a restaurant <laughs> Make me, Chriselle, a better diner.
2: Well, um, we'll start from the very beginning when you're greeted with water. Don't move your glass.
1: Let it stay what?
0: there. Ooh, that, I really think that's a great idea.
1: Understand. Explain.
0: <laughs> I don't want to chase down your water glass you what How many times? You?
2: How many times I've come to a table to try to pour w- wine or water Started to pour and then the diner moves oh, their glass because oh, you are pouring. Yeah, because they think oh, they're being okay. helpful, but sorry. it's not. It's sorry. very unhelpful. I'll I'll like the what you the water and wine all bar. over you. I
1: thought know you put you put on the bar. I'll never move it from that spot. <laughs> no, you're allowed to do <laughs> that. We tell you that okay. wasn't.
2: Great. He's he's great. <laughs>
0: I don't but, get let
1: out much. So don't. So she did not want to chase your water. <laughs> that makes that makes perfect sense. Stop
0: yeah. making her chase your water, Scott. I'm sorry.
1: Yeah, I know it's your fault. Or wine, or any
0: glasses, just leave them all in the places they are.
2: Yeah. What What else? Um, Oh, man. Um, Let's see. Don't ask what the server likes the best. We'll have an answer. We always will. But it's usually followed up with oh, I don't like that. So you're so, saying that there's,
0: that I shouldn't ask you what's good
2: on your menu. Well, don't, don't, I mean, no. cause
0: you, it's on the menu, right? Right. <laughs> well, I mean, you put yeah. crappy stuff on the you menu. Should, exactly. <laughs> so you shouldn't
2: go to a place and be like, oh, I ordered wrong. Like, I hate hearing that. Why? Why was it on the menu then? It shouldn't have been there.
1: Um, <laughs> so what's the right question to ask? Uh,
2: well, so the other day I had someone asking me about a wine recommendation and I said well, what do you normally drink what are you in the mood for blah 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 she said I want something that is medium bodied with a little bit of spice and I said beautiful here's three different options and she ended up getting this beautiful Grenache now often I'll say what do you like and they'll say I don't know or something dry well 99% of my list is dry so like I need more information than that. No. So have an idea of what you're looking for so that we can
1: best help guide you there.
0: As opposed to just blanket, tell me about the thing. Yep. Gotcha.
1: There's got to be something else too, right? Three things? You've given us two good ones. Is there something <laughs> else?
2: I mean, there's probably a hundred, but bad um, Bad tipping. Still a problem? Bad tipping. Still still a problem. 20% is the way to go? Absolutely. And I
0: can obviously give higher?
2: Absolutely. (laughs) So
0: what Christelle (laughs) is saying is she'd like you to pay attention to what she has to say about her wine list and 100% (laughs) tips,
1: right? How much do I get for a tip for this podcast?
0: Zero. You're listening to Eat It, Virginia with Roby and Scott. Want more food in your ear? Subscribe to the podcast or find us on Twitter at Virginia, Instagram at Virginia, or Facebook at EatItVirginia.
1: And now back to the show.
0: Hey Scott, I got some questions for you. I cannot wait. I know. I asked Christelle these during the interview and I'm going to ask you. She's a would- lot
1: smarter than me. She went to UVA.
0: Yes, yeah, she did. She did. But here we go. I would like to know the ingredients in a martini.
1: Martini. That's a drink. One one orders at a bar, shaken, not stirred.
0: No, but okay. There are
1: olives and a toothpick involved.
0: (laughs) Yes, yes, there are.
1: I'm going to say it's a clear liquor. Yep. Like a gin or a vodka. Ooh. Yeah.
0: All right. How about a Martinez? Wait, wait,
1: wait. I'm not done yet. Oh, wait. Okay. There's There's other things. It's more than olives and, and vodka. All right.
0: What else do you put in your martini? Vermouth winner is you. But I don't
1: know what vermouth is. You don't? No, I don't drink martinis.
0: Well, maybe that will change that. Do you remember? I told you they're $5 martinis. My grandmother
1: and my mother love martinis. They
0: do. Do they prefer them with vodka or gin? Strong. Okay. What is a Martinez? I will have you know that I just learned this.
1: I don't want to be culturally insensitive, (laughs) but I'm going Jesus, I'm gonna get in trouble. You are. (laughs) I'm gonna guess it's like a martini, but with tequila?
0: No. Damn it. But you know what? We're going to move on (laughs) because I feel like now's the time. (laughs)
1: What, are you going to tell me what it is?
0: No, I'm not going to tell you what it is. Christelle knows what it is, so you should listen to her interview. Can't wait. That's what's going to happen. Now tell me what a mother sauce is.
1: Mother sauce. I watched a lot of Food Network, so they talk about mother sauces a lot. And a mother spoon. Does (laughs) the mother spoon (laughs) stir the mother sauce? Yes, it does. (laughs) Excellent.
0: (laughs) No idea what a mother sauce is?
1: Um... The sauce that rules them all.
0: It, it, or yeah, yeah, that's a. You know what? You you get the cookie today. I
1: love the cookie. Yep,
0: your cook, the cookie is Scott's. So if you guys actually want to know the answer to these questions, thank you, Scott. Please listen to our interview with Christelle on wow. Eat It, Virginia. Roby. We got a lot of questions.
1: So week, much Scott. mail. I
0: mean, it's a it's a good thing.
1: Any, a good any actual mail, like postage? I don't think we no, got any of okay. that.
0: Do you get snail mail
1: anymore? i got a lot of junk mail. Um, Catalogs, bills mostly. Send us
0: a postcard, guys. We want a postcard.
1: Um, You can reach us on social media at EatItVirginia on Twitter and Instagram and via email at EatItVirginia at gmail.com. EatItVirginia
0: at gmail.com, just wh- in case Scott stuttered.
1: Which is where we uh, got our first two questions from. James J. Wants, Hi, James. Wants to know... Are there other Indian restaurants like Lemon on Broad Street that offer traditional non-fusion type Indian food?
0: Yeah, James, there are. Also, Sonny does not some non-traditional non-fusion, I mean traditional non-fusion stuff.
1: I mean, he's like a James... Beard award semi finalist for a reason, right? He does a lot of stuff. You would think that he would
0: know that. Um, also, if you haven't had his shot, it's very good. Tulsi, have you been to Tulsi in Carytown?
1: I have been. Very delicious. I
0: think it's lovely. There you go, James. There's your answer. Go get down at Tulsi.
1: I have one more to add for James. Hit it. Anoka, yep. which is uh, in Short Pump, not at the mall, but off the mall on Lauderdale. Right. Was the I think the first Indian restaurant that I tried in town and. That's where my love of Indian food actually started. Solid
0: Indian restaurant. Love
1: it. Amy B., uh, this is less of a question and more of just kind of like, hey, you guys should know about this. Lulu Bells, which is located in the back of Project One over at Staples Mill.
0: What is Project One?
1: I think she told me it was an uh, antique store.
0: Oh, nice. I like antiques.
1: She says they serve the best deviled eggs and they're addictive. So maybe this is more of a warning than a question or a suggestion, warning suggestion.
0: Okay, so let's talk about deviled eggs. Do you know who came up with that? The devil? Romans. Romans. They actually, okay, so get this. They actually used to shove small birds into egg yolks and then stuff them back in eggs.
1: Sounds like a fable. A nope, fairy it's tale. it's an actual
0: thing. You
1: want to know what the small birds were called? No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm disgusted right now. What do they call it? Educate me.
0: Fig peckers.
1: Fig peckers. And I'm
0: guessing the birds ate figs, which actually kind of sounds good because think about all that deliciousness in them, and then those in the eggs.
1: Aggression. Which questions came to you on social media? Ruby? What came to me? Yeah.
0: Alright, well, Suzanne asked me about the best chicken salad in Richmond.
1: And we'll, what would be your response for that?
0: Well, I told her she could probably head up Sally Bell's, which is also this just is like a James Beard award winning podcast. It's right a theme. Now. Yep. Um, that also has a James Beard. The Dairy Bar has really lovely chicken salad. Okay. And then Westwood Pharmacy. I actually have stopped making my chicken salad because theirs is so good.
1: What makes a good chicken salad in your opinion? Chicken. All right. Moving right along. <laughs> any, any other uh, questions in the mailbag?
0: Yeah. Um, so I had got one, and I don't actually know how to say this uh, Instagram, but let's just say it is B-A-L-A-G-O-T 18.
1: Okay. She wants We've to know, said it.
0: We did it. She wants to know about where she can go. She likes the culture of RVA and their food, right? Uh And she wants to be able to take her friends with kids and show it off. And I I might not be the best person to answer this kid-focused question. Dairy bar, again.
1: (laughs) Dairy bar is very good. Um, Burger batch, two locations, Far West End. There's more than two locations. There's one in Chesterfield, too. And
0: like Durham now.
1: Oh, okay. Well, that's kind of far to take your kids for dinner. You're right. But, uh, all right. So, they're all around town. Burger batch. um, Burgers, fries, salads, chicken.
0: Also, great seafood for the adults if they want that, which is good. Oh, good call.
1: Good beer list as well. Yep. Nice Um, wine list.
0: Mostly New Zealand.
1: My kids really like that place.
0: The wine. They like the wine.
1: Pasture Mm -hmm. on Gray Street.
0: You know what? That is probably a great place to take children. I don't even think about that. Why would would you not? Because Jason Alley has like 22 children. (laughs)
1: <laughs> well, okay. Mm-hmm. And then, in addition to the good so food you know. and the accessible food for kids, it's also, um, they're very hospitable. And they know when children come in, they know what to do. I remember what really left the mark with me is my kids ordered their drinks and they served them in mason jars. But they had the caps on the mason jars with a with a straw built into the cap. So that's not nice. spillage.
0: And that's really a nice little part of our VA culture, the pasture slash comfort situation.
1: Absolutely. Yep. And, and you feel like you're in a real nice restaurant with your kids. Right around the corner is the Secret Sandwich Society. Perfect.
0: I actually really like those suggestions, Scott. They sound delicious, all of them.
1: Oh.
0: I know. I want to know, I'm going to take off this a little bit further, because with kids, um, I got a question from Jamie Baker of Instagram, and she wants to know where you can get good French fries and ranch dressing. I think ranch dressing is kind of a southern thing.
1: My daughter, who I guess is southern, mm-hmm. uh that's all she orders is French fries and ranch dressing.
0: It's so good together. I should
1: ask her. I wish I'd known this question was coming up. I would've I would have uh I would have asked her. Also
0: dairy bar, I'm gonna say. Um Kickback Jacks makes their
1: own ranch. Is that right?
0: Yes, and has pretty crinkle cut fries. All right. And that's
1: kind of fun. This seems like a, a, a question we should ask on our social media. Maybe people can help Jamie out.
0: I, I think people could really help Jamie out with ranch dressing. So we're actually going to post that today. This podcast is going to drop. We're going to post that question from Jamie today about where you can get ranch dressing to go with your French fries. And not that bottled crap, guys. We want you to have made it. I want want them mayonnaise dukes preferably i want the spices yeah coming up on instagram
1: if you can see Roby's face right now she is fired up so i'm really
0: serious about ranch guys i
1: think it's a perfect time to segue from oh, the mailbag literally. to Roby's rant um this is gonna get wild because she's been ranting about this off mic for a few days now
0: we're just gonna call it the steakhouse saga i like it it's a lot take it away So I actually am curious as to what your thoughts are on a steakhouse right now. Like, do you like a place that specializes in steak, being that people can get good steak most anywhere?
1: You know, for me, the steakhouse is a celebratory place. It's a place where the whole family kind of comes together to celebrate an anniversary or a birthday or a graduation. It's less of like a night out, like a date night out. It's more just like a, hey, let's go somewhere safe.
0: Okay. Well, I think that if it's a safe place, they ought to be able to cook a steak.
1: One would think a steakhouse would.
0: Yeah, being that it's their name. What? I mean, do you go to Chick-fil-A and not expect them to be able to cook a piece of chicken?
1: Absolutely not.
0: Okay, thank you for agreeing with me. So we actually most recently went to a steakhouse, and I think the steak we ordered that is like the easiest thing to cook. What did you order? Rare.
1: So you don't even you really can, cook it.
0: No, you can just run it through a warm room. Just rub it real hard. I don't understand how they can screw with rare steak. So what happened? Not good things.
1: Okay, well...
0: They, it wasn't rare.
1: Okay, what was it? I uh, like medium, maybe. So not not, like not so medium far rare, away but, from but medium. Rare. So it, it comes out to your table.
0: Yes, and, and they have to walk it. This is even more infuriating. she's so sort of fired I mean, up right, right, now. right now. This person... Who served us this not-rare steak, who we ordered rare from, has to walk the already-sliced steak out to us at this steakhouse.
1: Already-sliced steak?
0: Yeah, so if you buy a large enough steak—there was a couple of us eating, so we got a porterhouse, which makes more sense price-wise. Okay. They slice it for you. Okay. You know, a la shareable steak, so you don't have to, like, I don't know, cut through your own meat. I mean, maybe you should take kids there. Um this steak comes out not rare. She has to walk it from the kitchen, and I say this steak is not rare. And what does she do? She says, okay.
1: <laughs> and no, it is not funny. <laughs> it is kind of funny. So she, you, you said – No, that is the she yes. said, that "Okay." Is the punchline. That and drop the, off. drop the plate. Just drop the plate off. Wow. Say,
0: yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Wow. And, and I'm not even going to tell you the price of the steak because I feel like somebody should have looked down before they left the kitchen and said, this is so clearly not almost raw.
1: Did you bite your tongue at that point or did you I
0: actually thought maybe I was invisible? Did you not see me say that this is not rare? Like it is not rare. Like it is not rare. Anyway, let's just put it this way. My date, he does not love the scenes that I can potentially throw in a restaurant. So we're just going to say, I also would like to know how people feel about steakhouses. I'm gonna double up on Instagram.
1: Folks, if you see Roby out at a restaurant, please be nice to her. She's had a rough week.
0: Yeah, steak man steak. Okay, you've been listening to Eat It, Virginia. With Scott and Roby, I'm still mad about steak. So if you are a steakhouse, I think you should just send me an apology.
1: She likes it rare! <laughs> This episode of Eat It, Virginia was brought to you by your locally owned and operated McDonald's restaurants. National First Responders Day is October 28th. Show your first responder ID for a free sandwich.
0: This has been a production of the Tribune Audio Network.